How's it going, everyone? This is Jason Navarro. You're listening to Tongues Out Podcast, and let's just get into today's podcast. So uh, I'm not going to lie. I'm a big um, Michael Moore fan. Like I'm, I'm a big fan of watching his documentaries. I think he does a, a phenomenal job at really understanding like the the unheard voices of people that are struggling in America. And a lot of his documentaries are always attacking. He attacks both the left and the right. Uh, I think he would consider himself probably a progressive individual, but I do enjoy the fact that he at least, uh, you know, he attacks Obama, he attacks Trump, he attacks everyone pretty much equally. Um, And the reason why I'm talking about him is, uh, again, like as always, I highly recommend to people to not get your news from any news source like CNN, Fox News, OANN, um, MSNBC, ABC, NBC, um, they're, they're all, you know for a fact, they're all trying to push an agenda on their base. And um, when, you, when you start to absorb this information, you might not think it. You might think that you have a, a strong will. But if your primary source of everything that's going on in the world is coming from this one medium, you're slowly but surely going to um, emulate to some degree the, the source of information you're going to be getting. And if it's not biased or if it's, if it's biased, then you're going to start to fall into a category. And I don't think anything in life really outside of maybe a few things, I don't think there's much in life where for every um, scenario – there's either a black or white um, choice that you can make. I think there is definitely one or the other choice, but then there's a lot of other creative stuff that you can look at. I, I think I, the way I live my life is definitely in the gray. I, I definitely live my, live my life trying to not be so forthcoming into like, I, I don't ever want to be easily described. I don't want someone to be able to describe my entire life on a single sheet of paper. That's always been like one of my biggest fears is, is being able to simplify who I am as a person and as my character down to just, you know, three paragraphs, four paragraphs, double spaced on college rule paper. I just, uh, it, it reminded me uh, a few weeks ago, I had to write a, uh, a bio for myself for my company. So essentially, whenever I have clients and they go to our company's website and then they can see all the different agents, it, they can pull up my bio when they look at my, my agent information. And so I had to write my own bio, submit it to the company, get it approved to be able to be put online. But trying to simplify my my life and like my profession, like my profession, like professional career, my hobbies, uh, my family history, and everything of that nature, and down to just like three paragraphs was like one of the hardest things I could ever do. Every time I was writing it out, it was coming out to like pages long, and I was like, "This is not what my company's looking for." They gave me plenty of examples. And uh, of like other people's bios and they told me, you know, try to gather from all these different other agents that have already completed this and try to do it yourself. And I don't know how easy it was for those people to do it, 
But for me, it was very difficult really to, to like get down. And, and I talked to a few other new agents and I know for them, it was pretty difficult too. And I just, I don't want to be the type of person where my life is that dull that you can, that you can easily describe it. I love the uniqueness in my life. I love the fact that it's free flowing. It's not planned. I, I rarely plan anything in my life. Um, I just see many doors in front of me and I choose to go through a door and, and I hope that it's the best choice for myself and my family. I do do research. It's not like I just aimlessly just do things in life. That's far from it. I'm very aware of the choices that I can make in my life. And, and that awareness allows me to predict the outcome possibly. But if I know something isn't going to detrimentally hurt me or any of the people around me, I'm going to make choices that sometimes I just don't know the end result for. It's how I've lived in Las Vegas for going on five, six years now. And when I first moved here, I worked at a nightclub, partied my ass off, drank a ton of alcohol and, and saw a, like, and I worked for one of the most popular nightclubs here in Las Vegas. And I've seen it all. I've, I, I literally was perpetually drunk for a good three years. Went from that to working in the cannabis space to now I, I work uh, offering Medicare services to, to elderly individuals. If you were to ask me, when I was living in Colombia before I moved here to Vegas, if that's what I like, if that's what I thought, like my like coming to America life was going to be like, no way. I, I I don't like being asked that question. Like, where are you going to be at in five years? I don't know. I hope it's something fun. I hope it's creative. I hope it's um, grow. Like it's it's a growing aspect. It grows me mentally, physically, uh, health wise. I, I hope like. I, I, I still continue as a sponge. I feel that I'm like a kid um, because I love learning. But at the same time, I, I see so many people that are so quick to to put themselves in, in like categories. Like, I'm a Republican. I'm a Democrat. I'm a progressive. It's like, are you though? Really? Like, are you... 100% a believer in every part of that party f- for whatever, you know, whatever party it is, Democrat, Republican, uh, progressive party. Do you 100% subscribe to every single thing in that party? For me, the answer is no. I, I draw a little bit from the conservatives. I draw a little bit from the liberals. I draw a little bit from the progressives. I I, I think that every side has good ways of addressing scenarios in our country that the other side cannot recommend because it goes against a hundred percent of what their beliefs are as as a party. And I, I'm just not for that. Like how can we ever come up with creative ways to solve our issues if we're f- putting ourselves in like such a restraint that we can't get creative about a way that to address things in life. But the more and more I see people that absorb their news, um, and I've got off on such a tangent, and I'm going to get to this in just a second. But um, first, I'll, I'll finish that thought, like the, the very beginning thought. So I was going to recommend to everyone to, to watch The Hill. Uh, it's a, a news organization from Washington, D.C., but not The Hill per se, but Rising. It's got two phenomenal newscasters on there, and... They're the ones where I saw this Michael Moore um, documentary from. But again, now going back to what I was just talking about, 
I don't think that there are um, great solutions from any given party. Uh, I think each one of them has a specialization. And when you look at those ways that they try to address certain issues, they work for them, but they don't universally work in general. Like there's capitalism is failing. Like capitalism has done good in society. It's, it's, it's pushed forward technology. I'm a big tech fanatic. I love uh, the opportunities I have in life and, and the way that I've had to kind of, because I don't have a college degree. Uh, I dropped out with one semester left <laughs> to get my degree I, I feel like my ingenuity, working hard, my ability to co- converse with people and, and me being very open to trying new things has allowed me to kind of navigate um, multiple different career paths. So capitalism has worked for me, but for a lot of other people, I know that it's very difficult. If you're not a communicative person, if you're not good at marketing, if you're not good at networking, if you're not good at uh, understanding the choices that are in front of you, Life is so hard, even if you have a degree. And so, um, you know, a, a situation that addresses like capitalism is perfect for everyone. I think it's wrong. Um, going to another argument, like uh, paying for college for everyone. I used to be subscribed to that idea. I don't think it's the right idea anymore. I think there are so many people that come out of college that don't have any job opportunities for themselves. And I don't, and I've never been pro university either. I, I think people should have access to the opportunity to get and a higher level of education. But I think the education system itself needs to be changed. So I would be for college for all once the system would be completely modified and changed. Like we're talking about, like the first thing kids should be going into university, like if they didn't already learn this from their parents, which you know, bad, bad you parents for not teaching your kids a lot of essentials that they're going to need to be young adults. If they didn't get it from their high school teachers or their middle school teachers, there should be programs where like you make the decision, like you have an elective course, it's free where it doesn't really count as college credits, but it's a course where it allows you to kind of understand what being an adult is like, because most students live on campus anyways, and so it gives them the opportunity to understand like, hey, you know, when you go out in the real world, understanding what contracts are, understanding like how to sign for things, understanding like opening a bank account, like uh, learning conversational skills, learning how to network, learning how to write, uh, you know, do an effective resume, how to have effective interviews. Like those things should be offered to all people when they go to school as like a free elective that they can take that doesn't really go towards their college credits, but they can take. And it doesn't need to be a full year. It could be like a semester program. But it's like if they want to volunteer for something like that, they can. And if you choose not to do that, then at that point, that's really your fault for not wanting because it's free. It's the the access of information's there. And now you have an instructor that is an expert in that category to help you with those things. But I don't think giving people just free education is, is the is the solution because most degrees that people are getting right now that are coming out of school, they're in a weird area at the moment where like you have this pandemic, A, B, you have a massive economic crisis, and uh, C, you have artificial intelligence like literally eradicating jobs left and right. So if you didn't get like a professional degree, like an engineering or as a lawyer or as a doctor, 
or um or as like a computer programmer honestly like if you went for like business administration or anything else that's not analytical i mean <laughs> i feel so so bad for those people honestly and so that tells you right there that just getting access to a college education isn't great it also won't fix a lot of the underlying issues with like systemic racism and systemic issues in in the community like i'm totally for like instead of focusing on like free education for everyone like focusing on improving the education system period and if that works out then make it free for everyone distribute it all over all across the country um but anyways, yeah, I just I, I I'm not a big fan of I used to because I, I like most people, we become followers in certain degrees and, and so I used to call myself a Republican. I used to call myself a Democrat. And it was after the last election where I wasn't in favor for Hillary Clinton. I wasn't at all. I definitely wasn't in favor for Donald Trump. I wasn't for Hillary. Uh, I did enjoy Bernie Sanders. I, I think I, I disagreed with certain arguments that he had, but I, I, I did agree with where his heart was going. Like he had a lot of heart in what he was trying to do. And, and I will always favor a political person that at least maybe they're not 100% right in what they do, but at least they have the ability to listen and have empathy towards people that are struggling. I don't think Trump or Hillary had that. And I felt like Bernie Sanders had that. And I, so I was running for him for a while. Recently, um, you know, unfortunately, there's we have this another thing. One of the other reasons why I want to get away from this whole ideology of just being uh, lumped into one ideology or the other is that we need to get rid of the two party system. It is toxic. I don't think I, I, I know for a fact there are a lot of Republicans out there that do not like Trump. And I know a lot of Democrats that do not like Biden. And for people being forced to have to either make a decision to vote for that person or the other is unfortunately the world that we live in because we're not like other countries where there is millions of other parties that could come in and compete. Like, for instance, just look at our, our neighbor Canada. When you look at the presidential debates, they have uh, like the, the five, they have like a five party system or six party system. And they take the most popular candidate from those parties, right? They all kind of art like debate in within their party, and then their party kind of elects this one person, and then all of them go on stage and all debate each other, and then eventually the people will decide who will be prime minister out of all those different individuals that were like the popular people in their parties, and and it's widely varied. They have like a progressive party, they have a a, a fascist party, they have um. You know, they have like what our Democratic Party would be, like a neoliberal party. They have like a conservative party. Um, and and so you get to see a little bit more of someone that maybe aligns a little bit better with your belief systems than these two. Honestly, I feel like two morons that we have uh, right now. I, I am not in favor for either uh, president. And I was a big Andrew Yang person. I thought Andrew Yang, same thing, had a big heart. And he addressed things better than Bernie Sanders. I think he, um, his universal basic income, unfortunately, I feel like that kind of probably hurt him. He was very level-headed, very smart. He listened to, to people. He understood that artificial intelligence is taking jobs away from people, and he wanted to address that. 
Um, UBI, I think, would have been better if it was invested into the community than just given away to people. I think it would have been better if that money was used to kind of generate more work and more professions for for people. I used to be for UBI until I started to do a little bit more research in it. But either way, I think he would have been a very open-minded president and at least maybe uh, because he still would have had to pass UBI through Congress. And I think if he had to write people surrounding him, which I think he would be in a position to do that, I think he would have probably maybe swayed away from that a little bit and and recommend and definitely still spearheaded like campaigning against like tech companies and how they're just taking jobs away from people. But uh, I wouldn't consider Andrew Yang a Democrat. And I think, you know, now like he's got his own podcast on YouTube and I like, I like listen to him sometimes. And you can see how conflicted a lot of people that weren't in the uh, Democratic primaries, how conflicted a lot of them were because they had to pick this party even though that they weren't fans of the the neoliberal perspective. Like right now, Democrats are pro-business, right? They have their, a lot of people want to claim that they're progressive, but honestly, if you look at the party, the party has been shutting down progressives. It hasn't given a platform to AOC. It hasn't given a platform to Bernie Sanders. It's pretty much tried to silence them. And when you look at Biden, Biden is not pro-progressive any in any way. He's definitely like status quo, pro-business, and, you know, same thing with the Republican Party. They're both pro-business. And it's like, how do you not see this? People that are like highly like supportive of either one of these parties, like they don't care about you. They're clearly getting a lot of their money from, from corporations. Your $10 check that you're sending in or your $100 that you, you were able to send in to Trump or Biden, yeah, it's appreciated. But when you're getting when they're getting like the max amount of money from every corporation within the same industry, they're gonna favor that industry over who you are as a person. And then the other thing too is that they have the audacity to attack their their voters when they lose the election. It's like you didn't give your voters a, a, um, a good things to to stand for or to vote for you for, like. Honestly, like name the political agendas for either one of the, the two parties. Like this is one of the reasons why I love the Hill and, and Rising. And I love watching Crystal and uh Sager uh talk about um like the 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 um faults in both parties. Like literally what is the political agenda for both parties? Like Trump the the biggest thing for him like during the economic or during this pandemic was um was payroll cuts. What is that going to do for you if you're not working? Payroll cuts only apply if you're working. And then for Bernie Sanders, or uh, excuse me, for Biden, his was um, nothing. You don't even know what his is. His is just like, vote for me and we'll go back to status quo. It's like, what the? That's not addressing so many people that are struggling at the moment. And it's just, um, I don't know. I hope after this election, people start to realize like the two-party system sucks. I hope you see the the party that loses. I hope you see a massive division within that party and they kind of branch off into different like smaller parties. It happened once with the conservative party with the Tea Party movement. It's happening within the, the Democratic Party right now with the progressives. And I want to see that kind of trickle down and these parties just break up. Because, look, I think a lot of us, when I talk to a lot of friends, we can come to agreements on certain points. We disagree on some others. But when we talk and listen and hear each other out, we'll come to certain agreements. But the narrative right now, it's like uh, like 
we're told that you can't do that. Like the narrative is like, you're either for this side or all on this side. You cannot be in the middle. You cannot see one point of theirs and take another point from the other party. That is, that is blasphemous. It's like, what are you talking about? This is so stupid. Like, how are we ever going to come to how, like with that mindset, Congress will never work because if, if both parties cannot agree on something and like they can't work together, then you'll always have this deadlock in Congress. If we have a deadlock in Congress, we'll have a deadlock in the presidential office as well. It's just stupid. We just need to change the system. And I'm for voting out every single politician in Congress right now that hasn't done anything to help people that are struggling and their constituents, both in the House and in the Senate. I think all of them need to go. There are people, I was watching the other day, I was watching a Senate hearing from the 90s, and I could not believe how many representatives from the Senate that I noticed, because it's easier in the Senate because there's only 100 of them, whereas in the House there's 435. I could not believe that in the Senate, how many faces I recognize on the Judiciary um, Committee that I was watching. It's the same people. So nearly... Nearly 30 years later, like, or it, like, yeah, 30 years later, it's insane. How do we have the same people in office? Why are we keep voting for the same people that aren't doing anything for us? That's so stupid. You'd be better off voting for the other person that you don't even know the name of. You don't even know what they're going to do for you. You'd be better off voting for that person because, I mean, clearly these politicians aren't doing anything for people, literally not at all. I mean, it, they're lying to you. You're getting misinformation for both sides. You you don't see any uh, party, like you don't see them working together. Even during an election process, there have been other presidents and, and political parties that have worked together to address big issues in our country. We've gone through two world wars. We've gone through a Great Depression. We've gone through a civil war. And yeah, those were difficult times. But at the same time, there was some unity and fighting within the party or like within America to kind of make sure that none of this stuff fell apart and that we were uh, like united as Americans. You don't get that message right now. Who right now is can- are not our president, not Congress. The Supreme court doesn't matter. And like, so where are you getting this message of unity? Like we're all in this together. Like let's fight. Let's overcome COVID. Who's saying that? No one is saying that it's all that person's fault or, they're the reason why we still have COVID or corporations or like the people. And it's like, who, who is out there just saying like, Hey guys, guess what? We're all Americans. You know, we're in this together. Like, let's get rid of this so we can go back to our normal lives. Who's doing that? Who's addressing that? No one, no one right now. It's all like, we're more like the, the big subject right now is not COVID it's not jobs. It's who are we going to put in the Supreme Court to replace Ruth? That's the narrative right now. Like if you look at the news and like I just entertain it sometimes. I look at the news from both sides. That's all they're talking about at the moment. They don't care about you. Like all of you people that are struggling right now, look at the news. What are they talking about? Are they talking about how they're going to help you find a job? Are they talking about how they're going to educate you on this pandemic and how like to tell you the vaccine isn't foolproof like you don't go get flu shots right because 
a lot of you that that don't get flu shots are like, well, I mean, the flu shot doesn't guarantee that I'm going to be protected from the flu. It just might help with the flu. This is the same thing. This isn't a vaccine. These are like boosters because the thing about that that disease is that it's not like hepatitis, tetanus. It's not a disease that's not evolving. This disease is constantly evolving. You cannot make an effective vaccine that targets this this disease because it's just going to evolve. So it's the same thing like trying to get a cold vaccine. Can you get a cold vaccine? No, you can't. And look, the more you educate yourself on this, the more you start to think to yourself like, okay, what are other things I could do right now? Because I know the vaccine isn't going to work for me. It might. Look, I'm not an anti-vaxxer. Like my daughter, the only reason I've been leaving this house is to take my daughter to her doctor's appointment so she could get her vaccines. All of them. Like just this most recent one, she got her flu shots. Me and my wife are going to go get our flu shots because I don't want to get the flu. The flu is super lethal, especially for children. But at the same time, there is no guarantee because this vaccine is being rushed that it's going to do anything. And again, it's a vaccine for a disease that isn't a static disease. It is changing all the time. That's the reason why we can't get like AIDS or like a, um, H, uh, HIV vaccine. We can't get certain vaccines for certain diseases because they just, they're constantly evolving. And I, I feel like people are just like forgetting these facts. Like they're, it's just insane. Like all we have to do is just change the way that we do things right now, temporarily. We don't have to change it forever, just temporarily. We just need to, Maintain our social distance. How do we get other people sick? If I'm sick, if I sneeze on you, if I sneeze on something and the person touches that thing, touches a mucous membrane, their mouth, their eyes, their nose, they get sick, right? So if we make it harder for people to get sick, then the disease has nowhere to go and it ends, it dies. The disease can't just hang in the air and wait for one person to to be the unlucky person to get it. No, they're a virus. Viruses don't aren't living until they get into your body. And so if everyone maintains social distance, we all are like distancing ourselves from one another and wearing masks because like here's one of the ways that you could prove that a mask is working, right? So we all know that diseases spread through particulates that come out of our mouth. Some do spread outside of moisture, but those really fall to the ground pretty quickly and they die relatively fast because they need that moisture so they don't dry out. And so they, they spread via your, your, a sneeze that hangs out in the air, right? Do me a favor. When you take a surgical mask, I, you know, take a lighter, put it about this distance away from you. If you're not looking on YouTube, six feet away from you or six inches from you, excuse me, and try to blow the flame out on that lighter. If you could blow the flame out, you don't have an effective mask. If you can't blow out the flame, then you have a good surgical mask that's blocking all of that particulates in your mouth. And as long as you don't touch your mask, there's no need to. And if you do touch it, just touch the rings behind your ears because those aren't exposed to your mouth. Take the mask, put it somewhere away from where you're going to be touching the mask with your hands, right? And just do this. Do those two things. This disease will disappear. I don't know why everyone's hoping that this vaccine is going to do anything. It's not going to do anything. The quicker you understand that point, the, the better society is going to do and the, and the better we're going to do to address this issue as Americans. And again, we need to start empathizing with the struggles of what people are going through. Right now is a great time to start doing that because they're all people, rich and poor, 
are struggling. Not the ultra rich, right? But there are people that were, to me, rich is like making six-figure income and above. There are people that were making that much money that I personally know that aren't making that money anymore, and they're struggling at the moment, looking for other things to do. And to those people, now we can kind of drop this ego and empathize with one another. Empathize like, what is government doing for us? What is government doing for anyone? I'm in a position where this isn't affecting me personally, but I still stress out for the average person out there that is struggling at the moment. I see my friends doing work that they normally wouldn't be doing. Friends that were like last year killing it, making a ton of money. Now I see them doing construction work. I see people trying to reach out, trying to see if they could do digital work. I see people reaching out, trying to see if like, if getting licensed in any career path is going to help them out. I see people going to school right now, like college. And this is, this is insane. These are people that are clearly struggling that are pretty intelligent. They just, there's nothing out there for them. And you could argue, yeah, that's just a Vegas issue, but it's not. It's an issue everywhere in this country. Don't look at the stock market because the stock market doesn't trade on job growth. It trades on demand for products. And I'm not going to lie to you. September has been, to me, SEP Technology Month because I have I I have almost almost pulled a trigger on so many different things I want to buy, but I haven't. I've had the willpower to kind of say, like, I can't afford to make a reckless decision like that right now. I need to hunker down, save my money. We don't know how long this is going to go for. And so I'd rather be on the safer side and just, you know, make sure that I still have a lot, you know, good enough savings. And uh, there's a lot of people out there as well that are in that same position, but they're not saving the money. They're not thinking logically and they're just buying a ton of stuff that they don't need at the moment. Um, and you're just making businesses a ton of money at the moment. And it's it's stupid. It's it's just, we could do better as as people. We could spend the time to to empathize with people, understand the issues that they're in, and and change this 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 systemic issues that we've had in our country forever now. Like there is so much corruption now. It's in our face. We see it now. Like we're if you're not the average person that doesn't see the corruption, and if you're trying to tell yourself like there's nothing you can do about it, there is. The first thing you do, stop voting for those same people that we've been voting and reelecting year over year over year over year. Screw that. We need new people in. Even if they do a shitty job, at least we've gotten creative and we've kicked out all the bad people in the past. Now we just wait two more years and we can kick out those House of Representatives and Senate members that aren't doing their jobs. That's the great thing about Congress. They're only in for two years, right? Kick them out if they're not doing a good job. But I don't think anyone should be in the Senate seat for decades. That doesn't even make sense. It doesn't make sense at all. But anyways, uh, I, and I think it all starts with this idea that you are not a member of any political party. You are a member of America. And what you think is going to help America is right. But don't get that information from outside sources. Don't be like, I need to do, like America needs to do this because I heard it on Fox News. Or America needs to do this because I heard it on CNN. No, you need to think to yourself, what would be better for America? And that's probably going to be better seven times out of 10, way better than what you're going to be getting from the political parties that have been failing their constituents. So anyways, yeah, vote for me 2030. No joking. Um, I would love to be a politician eventually, but I don't want to do it while my daughter uh, is 
is at least a, 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 a child. You know, when she's older and adult and she leaves the house and, and she's okay with her father being a politician, then yeah, of course. I would love to get into politics. And I love D.C. I'm, I'm fascinated by history. And I love going there all the time. And um, I think we need more and more people that are wanting to run on an independent platform, not on a political party. And that their agenda is well orchestrated, to not orchestrated, but well formulated in a way that represents who, what they believe in and and they just show it to the people. And if the people accept it, they'll vote for you. If they don't accept it, look, your ideas aren't good. Go out there and, and work on them. Go out there and try to understand the people and, and understand what the, what issues they have at the moment. But like, we're not getting that right now. We're getting people that are just ponying up to, to companies and it's just, it's stupid. But anyways, that's my two cents on why you should not be a part of a political party. And I love you guys. Thank you guys so much for listening to today's podcast. And I'll catch you guys manana for tomorrow's live podcast. Thank you. Peace.